1: Welcome back to the Working on a Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, which is home base for me. If you've been tuning in for a while, you know this program is all about helping people create more meaningful and purposeful lives and equipping leaders inside organizations to cultivate meaning and purpose that elicits passion, inspired contribution, innovation, and persevering performance. I talk with my guests to draw on their expertise and share my own experience consulting, speaking, and developing workforces across the globe. Before we get to the program, let me give a shout out to my sponsor, Grant. with right to buy.com. This real estate service offers a new way to homeownership and allows you to purchase a home when you may not be entirely ready. It's a great option if your credit is not in the best of shape or if you're in transition such as divorce, downsizing, or relocating and unsure about the new area. Check them out. Rent with right to buy each week in these conversations I hope you walk away with something you can immediately use in your life or work and if I can do anything to help you along your journey go to my website at EliseCortez.com and use the contact me feature to message me let's open a conversation and see what's going on for you and how I might be able to help whether you want to learn more about how to develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused culture in your organization you want to see about joining a Catchfire online inspiration accountability or mastermind community to nurture your own passion and purpose or you'd like me to speak for your your company or conference. In any event, I'm glad we're connected, and thanks for tuning in. With us today is Justin Barnes, who has produced more than 60 non-fiction books for a a variety of leading publishers. He's the author of Ikigai, Discover Your Reason for Being, which we'll be talking about today in this conversation. He joins us today from London, England. Justin, welcome to Working on Purpose.
2: Hi, Elise. Nice talking to you.
1: It's so great to have you from across the pond. Thank you for joining us this afternoon, your time, and
2: morning, my time. No, worries. I should say. Actually, I'm not in London anymore. I've moved to the coast, a little a little town called Hastings. I should have updated that on my profile. But yeah, Hastings. Okay. Thanks. Yes, I live in a little old medieval house in Hastings. How wonderful. <laughs> I, I, I want to come visit. I'll be right yeah, there. You can come. You're very welcome. You're very- <laughs>
1: well, let me tell my listeners how I found you. Um, I always like to share how I source these amazing conversations that I have. I I am writing my book um, about about passion and purpose, of course, and I can't really write about purpose without also including Eek Guy, right? Mm. So I did. I went on Twitter, I realized I don't really know much about this. I know of it, I know the general concept, but I don't know much about it so what do I do I go onto Twitter and I type in Ega guy and looking for people who have some authority on this and I found you okay. I reached out to you I reached out to you and invited you to come on the show went and bought your book on Amazon read it it's wonderful okay. and then you delightfully said yes I'll come talk with you on the show so here we are thanks for that was oh, a pleasure yeah, so we have to first start, if we can, um, with two things. One, the, the correct pronunciation, <laughs> and then, of course, <laughs> the definition yeah. of ikigai. So first, if you will, there's a couple of ways that I've heard it spoken, Justin. Yeah. What's
2: the right way? Well, I've heard, see, I sometimes say it wrong as well. I say ikigai, but I think it should be ikigai. So it's a kind of guy so uh, yeah but, but if I do slip into ikigai please excuse me but, <laughs> uh, I don't know why I just find it easier to say it that way um, so yeah I mean, in terms of working definition there is no direct translation in English but in simple terms it kind of describes value in living or reason for living um, and ikigai is an amalgamation of two words actually iki which means to live and guy, which describes value or worth or re- worth or reason and um, the word dates back to somewhere in the sort of between the 8th and 12th century, actually. And the guy part um, derives from the word kai, which means shell. And back in those times, shells were highly valued. So there's uh, this idea of value in life. Um, and I found when I was doing the research that Japanese people have lots of different interpretations of it. So again, it's not simple. Um, I mean, just a small selection of some of the, the, ter- the, the sort of descriptions I came across. Um, people talked about the joy and a sense of well-being from being alive, um, a reason to jump out of bed in every morning, um, useful purpose, the the object that makes your life worth living. So it might be a person or a job, um, or a subjective happy feeling. But my, my favourite one, which I mentioned in the book, was sort of a springboard for tomorrow. So it's something that gives you that sort of purpose to carry on and keep going, and and do um, you know interesting things. Mm,
1: um, I lo- I like that springboard for tomorrow Justin yeah. that works for me too
2: yeah you know uh, and it's, it's, it's I guess it's, in essence it's about sort of living a personally meaningful life you know that, that really expresses your true self your inner self um, you know making the most of every day not just the big things but also the small things in life and uh, and, and not measuring your life just by extrinsic things like wealth or social status it's, it's the things that really feed your soul mm-hmm. uh, so that's, that's kind of the that gives you a bit of a, a, uh, an introduction
1: to. It. And it's a wonderful way to start the conversation too. Okay, so the next thing I want to do for our listeners, I always like them to be able to really walk away from the shows, Justin, with something that they can w- put to use for themselves. And so, next, if we can, w- will you list out the four as- aspects that overlap to comprise ikigai for us? Yeah.
2: Well, I would suggest to the listeners, you know, once you've listened to this chat, go when you Google Ikigai, the, one of the first things you will see is this Venn diagram with four, four interlinked circles. And the four circles are what you love, what the world needs, what you can be paid for, and what you're good at. And they all link together, and at the center of the circle is Ikigai. Now, what you love and what the world needs, that kind of uh, links to your mission in life. Um what the world needs and what you can be paid for—that's kind of your vocation. Um, what you can be paid for and what you are good at—that links together to sort of towards your profession. And what you are good at and what you love—that's your kind of your passion. So, I suppose the the, the, the diagram implies that at the centre there is one thing ikigai, which is just which has all of these elements. Uh, as I think we'll talk about a bit later, I think it's a bit more complicated than that. But um. But this diagram, actually, I because when I started doing the book, I thought, I kept seeing this diagram, I thought, oh, it must be some sort of ancient text that it comes from an ancient <laughs> Japanese scroll. But actually, what I discovered was, it derived from a, a guy from Guernsey called Mark Wynn, and he's, uh, he's actually, um, he, he's, he's got, he's, he calls himself a change maker and innovation specialist, and he's trying to build a little community in Guernsey of people who live long and healthy lives. He's, he's quite, quite an interesting person to look into. But anyway, he wrote a blog about Ikigai, and uh, what he did to illustrate it was he took this diagram, uh, which actually used to have the word purpose in the centre of it, not Ikigai, and just changed that one word And that became this meme that went all around the world. But actually, it's just, it is a very useful way, a framework to sort of think about the concept. So I think it does have a good value. And that's that's why I used it kind of to to structure my book, because it just seemed a good way to kind of get across the the, the basic principles. Mm -hmm. Gives us access, for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, what I find also interesting about you, one, that you've written more than 60 books, that's amazing, astounding, and and I don't think you've been on the planet that long, so that's impressive. But yeah. you, start, you started. A out like, I, really it's, it's,
2: actually, I think it's, it's written or, i think it's written already I think it's over 70 odd, but I think I've written probably about 30 something, 30, 30, 30 40, 35, I'm not sure exactly, but a lot. That's
1: impressive. <laughs> so I got. that means I just got to rip and birth this one, right, Justin? Let's get to it already. Um, <laughs> Well, also, what's interesting about you, I know you, you mentioned that you started a, as a sports writer interviewing soccer stars like David Beckham. How in the world did you end up writing on Ikigai?
2: Yeah, it's kind of odd, isn't it, really? Uh, <laughs> I Actually, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a sportsman. And various I was one of those kids that was uh, uh, very good at most sports, but master of none. So I never quite re- reached my aim, but um, I then sort of fell into, I had to do something after n- not quite making it with what I wanted to do. Uh, and I fell into sports writing and uh, I, I ended up working for Manchester United magazine, a very famous football club over here. And uh, yeah, so I ended up sort of fell into interviewing these very famous people like David Beckham and, and others who were around at the time. Uh, soccer stars, you call it, we call it soccer, footballs, you call it soccer. Um, and, um, yeah, so but, I, but I, just, and I, I enjoyed that work and it, I, I one thing I particularly enjoyed was interviewing people and just finding out about their lives. So I'd write features about uh, people and also I'd do a lot of research. But I, after a while, I did it for a few years and I was thinking, well, I'd like to do. I don't, I don't just want to write about sports. It'd be interesting to do something else as well. And I started doing. Uh, me and a friend of mine set up a company where we started pitching books to uh, publishers and we we go away and. Basically, produce the book completely, write it, edit it, get designers to, to, to sort of uh, lay it out for us, etc. And then I went, I, I subsequently went um, solo myself. But um, but I was always trying, we were always trying to look, we, we both were sort of like, oh, we'd like to do other stuff. But, but you kind of get pigeonholed into a certain area in your life. And the, so I, I still got a lot of sport and I still enjoy it and I still do some uh, stuff in sports as well. But, uh, but I was just looking to do other things. And um, so I was trying to just, so trying to just, uh, sorry, excuse me. Um, apply my skills to other areas, but you know. So every time I, you know, when I went to meet publishers, I always say, so, so, you know, I can do other things as well. You know? And um, someone recommended me for this 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 icky guy book uh, a couple of years ago. And um, I, when they came to me, I didn't I didn't know this the, the, the subject at all. I didn't know the concept at all. So, um, but I looked it up, and it immediately kind of resonated with me. So I was really really pleased to, to take it on. And, and then obviously the, the task of really getting stuck into reading everything I could about the subject, you know, academic studies and, 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 it, and it, was, it was a real pleasure and uh, I learned quite a lot from it, which I've, I've sort of taken into my own life. So, uh, you know, that, that's, I guess in a way, it was a sort of unconscious, activity guy over a number of years. I had a sort of idea, a slight, a sense of purpose. I wanted to move in a different direction. But it took me quite a long while to get there. And, you know, since then, I've, I've, I've actually just done another book on a, another concept called Sisu, which is a Finnish concept. We can talk about that maybe another time. <laughs> yes, I, I definitely want to have you come back and talk about that. So hold that thought on
1: that one. Don't say anything more about it because I want to bring you back and just talk about that because yeah, I think yeah. it sounds fan- fantastic. <laughs> Well so the other thing that I think is interesting Justin everybody I think on most people I think have certainly heard people talk about purpose but more and more we are hearing about ikigai so why do you think that ikigai is such an important concept in today's times
2: um, I think it's sort of, it gives me a bit of a framework for understand. You understanding. Know, I think we're all just looking for meaning in life, aren't we? In, in different ways. Um, we're, we're trying to sort of kind of, understand what, what was it all, was it all about? And some people, it, it can be, looked uh, look for it in religion or, uh, otherwise, I suppose we live in a more secular world now. And I think people look for answers outside religion. Um, I mean, looking at, um, in Japan, uh, they, um, the the more unifying philosophy there is ikigai rather than religion they do have the shinto uh, belief system which is which again as i think has some links to ikigai because it's this idea of having of eight million gods so they see they see gods in every in objects and, and things around them uh, and that sort of imbues this idea of you know, taking care of things and doing things properly for the greater good which I think, as we might discuss later that, that kind of comes into the the, 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 heart, the icky guise, what the world needs um, so I don't know, I think maybe also the world's changing so fast, isn't it? We're all just trying to you know, where do we fit into it? You know, there's AI, there's machine learning there's automation It's everything's moving so fast and and I think a lot of us are trying to find a work-life balance as well. And I think ikigai, again, is quite a good way of, uh, of, of working out what you want to do and what, 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 how important things are to you. Um, because it, it invites you to kind of look more inside yourself, not on the surf, not just on the surface level of, you know, what makes me the most money or, you know, what's fun. It's like, well, what feeds the soul, really?
1: Hmm. Well said. Very well said. And I, I also agree. I'm. I, I also practice logotherapy. If you've ever heard of that before, yeah, Justin, it's yeah, right. I agree it's
2: about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, definitely, it really is. It's, it's a way of living, basically, that mm-hmm. encourages all of us to really look for and discover meaning in the moment, meaning across life, mm-hmm. on the, on the, on the principle that meaning is the ultimate motivator in life. And so, right. what you're getting at certainly smacks with what, with, with my work. As well, beautifully said, as well. I might say, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've already mentioned a few things about what makes ik- ikigai uh, beneficial to us, but why else? What, what else? Why else might we compel people to consider pursuing well, their ikigai?
2: Well, I was thinking about. I mean, I, was, this is, I feel really bad saying this, actually, on an American show, but I was thinking about the American Declaration of Independence, which deems the pursuit of happiness as an inalienable right and uh, you know a far bit for me to sort of say you know criticise the ideal but I think it puts a lot of pressure on people to pursue happiness <laughs> doesn't it right. because you know life's you know it, there are moments of great joy but they can you know there's a lot of struggle as well in between times and I think especially today as well where you we're, especially in the social media area, where you're sort of bombarded with sort of photoshopped images of people's lives. Uh, and you know, they're supposedly perfect lives. You know, we all put our, our best side on, on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Uh, you know, and you don't see the difficulties. So you can sometimes look at that and think, well, why is everyone so happy and I'm not? And um, so in Japan, it's more, the, the more highly valued aspiration is, I think maybe it's a slightly more nuanced um, view of well-being. Uh, maybe more realistic view as well and it it just invites you to find meaning and fulfillment in not just the, the highs the, but also the lows and also the humdrum moments in life and that, that way your every day has, becomes more alive with meaning um, and I was interesting I was listening to your conversation with Hope Muller and uh, she was talking about this thing about uh, mirroring people's behavior to fit in and um, and I, that, that resonated with me because I mean I definitely did that when I was younger. I, just, I sort of and I, I really kind of regret it. And I think you know this sort of knowledge of ikigai, the ikigai construct would could be really useful for the children because um, you know there's so much peer pressure on them now, and that, with the addition of the, the sort of the, this bigger pressure of social media and what, what they see there. And I think if you could, the more you can encourage children to sort of connect with their inner voice and what they really want to do, and so they pursue activities that kind of Align with, with their true nature. That that's got to be a beneficial thing. So
1: mm. yeah. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And I completely agree with that. And I'm working on a project just to that aim, by the way, Justin. So you're I'm, you're mirroring me whether you know it or not. But oh, good. <laughs> let's grab our first break. I'm I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Justin Barnes, who has produced more than seventy nonfiction books for a variety of leading publishers. He's the author of Ikigai, Discover Your Reason for Being. He joins us today from Hastings, England. We've been talking about what guy actually is and why it's important its benefits after the break we're going to talk about those aspects and break it down stay with us we'll be right back <music>
0: Back to
1: Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Justin Barnes, the author of Ikigai, Discover Your Reason for Being, and also the author of 70 other nonfiction books for, that he's done for a variety of leading publishers. After belatedly escaping the hustle of London life, he now pursues his own Ikigai from a 15th century house in Hastings Old Town on the south coast of England. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So, Justin, this next bit here, I want to talk about the 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 aspects, really break them down for for our listeners um and I I love there's this this is the the fun thing that really there's so many pieces of your book that just spoke to me in fact I have to tell you you know you've publicly embarrassed me Justin by the way because I read your I read your book on the plane when I was coming back from from a trip and of course you know I'm I'm gesturing mightily and saying yes that's so great yes I agree and people are like what is going on with the woman over there in 3b okay (laughs) but you have a sentence that, that that so resonated with, with why my listeners respond to when I'm out speaking about the need to cultivate meaning, passion, inspiration, and purpose, and really fully live their one precious life. And that sentence comes in the form of this question, are you leading a comfortable life but feel there is something missing? Ah, oh, that is, there's so much there. So when I, and I've, I can tell you that people are on the edge of their seat sometimes when they get present to that for themselves. What's
2: behind that question for you? Um, I think comfort sort of implies a static state yes it? and i think people we're not really good at that we, we people need to always feel we're, we're moving forward there needs to be some change and growth i'm actually i'm not very good with change but i, I still I, I still gradually have to you know i don't like dramatic changes but we all have to move you know things have to move but we have to see a future don't we and um Actually, I was in, in the book. I think I quote. Um, there was a Japanese psychiatrist called Mieko Kamiya, and she identified seven key needs associated with ikigai, and one of them was change and growth. So I, I think that's part of it, and and also comfort also probably links into the material comfort, and 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 sometimes you know just by necessity we achieve that by following a life that doesn't really align with what we want to do. You know, a lot of people have jobs that. You know, might might not be what they really want to do, but it's it makes the money that allows them to look after their family, to do the thing, other things that they want. So, and if you do that for your whole career, that there is a there could be a bit of a danger in that because over time, you know, that does leave a bit of a void. So, I think maybe that maybe that's it. So, so with the with icky guy, it does give you a chance to look at the different aspects of the, what you love, what the world needs, what you can be paid for, and the things that sort of feed your um, I don't know your your, your um, enjoyment of life, your a sense of fulfillment in life and actually try and explore how you can maybe get more of that in your life. It doesn't have to necessarily be dramatic. I, I, like I say, I'm not one for dramatic changes. I, it's a gradual thing here and there. But some people, you know, you, could, you might think, right, no, I'm going to change my, I'm going to go down that way, change my career completely. Um, so, yeah, that, that's where it comes to me. What about for you?
1: Well, so a couple things on that. One, I, I had a gentleman named Lance Sekretan on my show some time back. He's really known for his leadership work across the globe. And he says Comfort is not our friend, <laughs> and uh, and then I would add in uh, the some of the topics from from logotherapy, which where Victor Frankl really says he says the 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 the, te- the tension between who who we are today and who we're striving to become is essential for well-being. So back yeah. to your point about that static yeah. nature when it when that's when that's present, we are we're, we're missing that that essential tension that really helps really contributes to our sense of well-being. And yeah. people need that. They need it,
2: definitely,
1: yeah. So you, there's a and then speaking of that what's what I there's just so many great things that you've you've presence in your book and it's it's an easy read which is just fantastic to get your your head around the whole thing in in, in a sitting but you've got in there an anecdote in it about a man who survived a near fatal elephant attack and it inspired him to follow his ikigai yeah. and you have got something in there don't wait for an elephant he says yeah.
2: well that was so, his I thought it was brilliant I think it's, a, it's in fact I think you can look at it online as a, as a TEDx talk that this guy he's a, he's an Indian chap um, I'll probably mispronounce his name, but he's uh, Gangad Haran Menon, and uh, this—he was quite a good example of comfort actually, because he—he he fell into a career in advertising, you know, a well-paid career, and he did it for 20, 28 years, very successful. But then he had this. You know, he he basically survived an elephant attack, and you know, apparently if elephants attack you—you you normally die. So yeah. it just made him re- it made him rethink the whole. You know, well, you know, am I doing what I really want to do? And he he he, he was aged, I think he was in his fifties, early fifties, and then he just he went off and decided to to explore a different path, and he's now got into. Um, travel writing and travel photography, and he and he finds that you know feeds his soul more than what he was doing before. Uh, I mean, I suppose you know. Again, you could argue that he the life before that gave him a bit more li- um, leeway to do that because I, I suspect he earned well good money from doing advertising. But uh, but yeah, his point was you shouldn't wait for the elephant before you actually decide to do you know decide to do what the, the things that you should be doing with your life uh, and. Another thing that came up in, uh, in the research was that uh, you need to, it's sort of the importance of accepting your own mortality. I mean, in our culture, we don't really talk about death until it, it impacts us directly, you know, with a family member or, or ourselves, we're coming to the end of our lives. And there was a there was a fantastic book by someone called Bronnie Ware, and she was a palliative nurse. So she was dealing with people in, hosp- in hospice who were dying. And she wrote this best selling book. Um, that uh, it was lessons of the dying basically and one of the greatest lessons she learned from people talking to them was that the acceptance that we, all, we are going to die helps us to live more meaningfully now and I thought that was quite a, such an interesting way of looking at it um, I think it's very true very true, yeah I do too, Justin. In
1: fact, uh, to that end, uh, just briefly, I last year I had a woman who was an undertaker reach out to me to be on my radio show, and I and for the longest time, months, I, I just let that request go. I'm like, why would I want to talk with an undertaker? I'm about passion and purpose. This doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. And then I finally figured it out. The reason yeah. purpose works in our life is because we have a limited number of days on the planet, so it yeah. gives us a sense of urgency and to fulfill and live fully every day. And so yeah, and and you know I'm I you and I spoke earlier, but I'm completely convinced that my mother would have lasted longer than her seventy three years had she had her own been too in tune with her own sense of ikigai. She she didn't have yeah. something that she was really living for.
2: Yeah, you do. You need something, don't you? I mean, my my two parents are both retired, and they they they, they they're quite good. They keep they have lots of interests and things. I think it helps a lot. Um, I mean, my dad's one of the world's great enthusiasts, almost to a comical degree. Um, I remember one time I was walking along a, a sidewalk, or a, a pavement, and he was saying to me, Justin, isn't this pavement laid beautifully? And I was like, <laughs> I think it's kind of ridiculous because it's like, this is just something you take for granted. But I thought it was quite nice to have that sort of approach like, to appreciate all the different things that go into to your life. I thought that's quite a good attitude, actually. <laughs> it made me laugh.
1: I do too. And I I, and I agree. You've got something in, in the book about really taking pleasure in every detail to help us live each day to the fullest and use all of our senses, even in daily routines, like walking down the sidewalk, like you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And that when we do so, that we really can get access to bringing previously monotonous occurrences alive with meaning. I completely agree with that, Justin. Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty as charged for that. And I'm happy to be guilty of that. My, yeah. my friends and clients say, you know how can you enjoy so? You know, it really, everything is really that great for you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm vertical. My eyes are open. My heart's beating. Life's pretty good. Yeah,
2: it's a good attitude. I think. <laughs> I think, and I think that you've got. You might have unconsciously already got icky guy <laughs> in your life. <laughs> I think so, I do. You've got it there, but no, I think that's right. And I think you know, we were talking earlier about how you know your job might not necessarily be exactly what you want to do, but but if you can sort of work out the reason for it, so you know. Um, you know, you come home at night, and your little your little child gives you a hug and says they love you. You know, then that all it kind of all makes sense. So when you're doing a repetitive job that's not, and you're dealing with a horrible boss or something, you can kind of think, okay, well, no, but this is there's a reason behind this. Doesn't mean I have to do it forever, and I can try and look to do something else. But it, it allows you to kind of, you know, get some get some enjoyment out of it, and. and the other thing that sort of springs to mind is the um, this the Japanese tea ceremony, which I sort of mentioned, I think, in passing in the book. And and and, and the idea of that is that um, it's a very ritualistic ceremony. They, they take great and and the people who go to the the ceremony are sort of really encouraged to be very present in the moment. And it, there's this phrase called um, which which means one time, one encounter. So this conversation we are having now. We could have another one in a week in a, in a week's time, but it would not be exactly the same. So let's let's really focus in on what we're what we're talking about, especially if you're face to face with someone. You know, really make the most of those moments and not just think, "Oh, well, you know, it's just another it's, it's another day." Every day's every day is different. So if you have that attitude, it, you know, life is happening now. I think that that, that helps you to live with more purpose and more intent. Um, so yeah, um, and another little story in the book was a. Uh, which I, when I was when I was writing it, I was sort of thinking. Well, I was looking for examples of you know Ikigai, and there was a, I read about this this, this novelist, uh, a Norwegian novelist whose name now escapes me, but um, he um, he wrote very um, autobiographical novels basically, and this latest one was about was kind of based on his own experience with his uh, his wife. Uh, after having their their fourth child she she had a mental breakdown and their their marriage was sort of dissolving, and everything was going horribly wrong and One day he was sort of he was uh uh changing the nappy of his his young baby and he sort of felt the weight of the, the nappy. And just that sort of, that. it seems a very, it's a very mundane um, exercise, you know, changing a nappy. But just that, he just thought, well, okay, Did the, the, even though things are going horribly wrong, you know, my baby's okay, the, her, the bodily functions are, are fine, you know, I'm doing my job as a dad, I'm looking after my child. So, I don't know, just little things like that. It's a different way of looking at very, as you say, mundane tasks uh, and hopefully giving you a sense of that you know, a sense of purpose and and feeling you know a fulfilment, even when it's going to be something that's quite small,
1: really. Absolutely, and that story is in your book. It's delightful. It's very delightful, and I completely resonate with it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about longevity, Justin. One mm-hmm. of the things that I've read about is that longevity is associated with living. What's the right way to say it? Living in Ikigai, discovering or being in your Ikigai? What's the yeah. right way to <laughs> say it? <laughs> I think
2: pursuing Ikigai. I don't really know. I've seen I've seen it written in lots of different ways by different writers. I think, yeah, I think living with Ikigai, yeah, maybe. Okay. I, I, mm-hmm. I think, sort of, I think of pursuing it. I don't know why. I, think, okay. I feel like pursuing purpose, maybe. Um, but yeah, no, there, there, is, um, there is a correlation between Ikigai and longevity and um, one of the studies that I read in research of the book I don't think it actually made it into the book in the embers they did this uh, a, a university in Japan did this huge study of 55,000 people you know, so it's a really big study of people aged for, between 40 and 79 and they asked them do you have Ikikai in your life alongside other questions about health and diet etc but those who answered no they didn't were more likely to be unemployed have poorer physical and mental health, and they had a greater chance of suffering cardiovascular disease. So, and the conclusion of this study was that that they weren't sure exactly how ikigai links to health, good health and longevity, um, and they needed more investigation to that. But there did seem to be a link, and and they conclude one of the I remember the, the one of the quotes was if, if they conclude that if you find joy in the small things, you have the frame of mind to build a happy and active life. So yeah, that, that so there's, there's that. So, and we were t- um, we were talking before the show about the uh, I- I- Okinawa, which is this uh, archipelago in Japan. It's uh, it's a, it's as a group of small islands, and it's it's one of the so-called blue zones. And I think there's about five in the world where people they have a disproportionate number of people who live to the over the age of a hundred, and they're still living active and purposeful lives. I mean. Uh, now, there, there were some amazing stories there. You know, there was a 100 year old fisherman who uh, still three times a week went out and caught fish for his family. There was a, a karate master who was 102. <laughs> and he was still doing karate, you know, extraordinary stuff. Um, so, the, again, there's been quite a lot of uh, research into the Okinawans. And there's, there's other factors that, that feed into their longevity, their diet. They have a plant-based diet. They have this practice of only eating until they're 80% full, which sounds a very good idea, which I've never managed to do. Um, they have a sort of sense of moderation in terms of the way they, ex- they exercise. But no, light exercise, physical activity, more, it's more about mobility than going to the gym. And also, there's a really strong, cheerful community spirit there as well. Uh, so that, alongside this kind of this icky, their icky their, their this inner drive to make the most of each day, that seems to contribute to their to their longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we were talking about your your chat with Peter Garrett recently because he was about the dangers of retirement. And really interestingly, in Okinawa, they don't even have a word for retirement in the local dialect. So that sort of tell, that tells you something. Everyone there, they, they just keep going. They, they, you've got to do something. Even if it's not for money, you have to do something to give you a life purpose. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So there is a, there is a link, but no one quite knows what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I like to think of it as that there's a, back to what you said before the reason for being, right? There's mm. if you've got something where you can be of service to others, whatever that is, that is a very compelling reason for being. Back to the idea of retirement, and it was it was Paul Garrett that I interviewed, and we mm. were talking about the hazards sure. of requirements. So I completely concur with that, Justin. It's there's so much we could say about that.
2: I, I, um, you're saying so uh, the community. Side, you know, that goes two ways as well. Another thing that's uh, interesting about Okinawa, which I thought was amazing, when you're born there, you are—they have this thing called a moe system, and basically you are assigned a little club of friends from the day you're born, and those people will stay with you throughout your life. So, you know, so that I guess that gives the people who are looking after you a sense of purpose, and also yourself, you know. So I think that that, that, that sort of communal element of it is quite important as well, and must help your be- sense of well-being when you just got you've got someone on your side. Yeah, so many beautiful
1: concepts you've you've discovered and and put in your book. Uh, let's grab our last break here, Justin, if we can. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Justin Barnes, who has produced more than 70 nonfiction books for a variety of leading publishers. He's the author of Ikigai: Discover Your Reason for Being. He joins us today from Hastings, England. After the break, we're going to talk about seeking our ikigai. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Justin Barnes, the author of Ikigai, Discover Your Reason for Being, and also another 70 other non-fiction books that he's done for a variety of leading publishers. After belatedly escaping the hustle of London life, he now pursues his Ikigai from a 15th century house in Hastings Old Town on the south coast of England. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. I definitely have to come visit that. I'm telling yeah. you, Justin, I'm on my way. Yeah, um,
2: it's it's it, nice down here, I must say. It's, it's, it's been a big show. Lovely.
1: <laughs> I bet, I bet it's wonderful and I have to tell you I actually have descended on some of my guests that I've had um, on, on the show from different parts of the world so it really could happen I could be We're on watching. your doorstep
2: We're watching. <laughs> we've got an Airbnb next door as well so there's always places to there as okay well. wonderful, wonderful <laughs> tea with you, yeah.
1: okay well let's let's start with this if we can and you know I so much of the world that I focus on Justin is about the world of work because it comprises okay. 40% of our lives and uh, therefore for if we get that right and well then it cascades to the rest of our lives but you say in your book and i do agree that work isn't everything and that you say the key is for our work to represent just one among several ikigai in a rich tapestry that gives meaning to your life i love that mm. you say more about that
2: well i, I think it's there's different aspects of that I mean I, I mean I think back to when i worked in an office and and i worked for a company and i, and I thought you know i was i was I was the executive editor overseeing these big books and things. And, uh, event after five, six years, I sort of, I I left and went freelance, but I sort of thought, Oh, you know, you sort of think you're very, they'll never survive without me. You know, you you get so invested in it, but actually, you know, things, things do move on. Um, and, uh, I I do think we can take, you know, at the time it seems so important, everything. and And I, I've always been one of those people that wants to do my best in everything I do. Um, but, but you do, it, 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 there's more to life than, than that. And, um, and I also recently, my move, uh, last three years, I moved from London to Hastings. And, and one of the reasons was in London, it's, you know, it's the capital city of, of, of England, and uh, you know, it's very busy, it's expensive life there. And coming down here gave, gave me the chance I was, could do the same work, but have a bit more disposable income, um, a bit more time to do other things as well. And also, it's, it's a different life. It's, it's a much more a smaller community down here. So um, I feel like, you know, I've got more time to sort of try and do other things and not not just be focused on writing. You know, nowadays, my my, my, my day-to-day life is at, is at home, so on my own. So I do need to do other things where I'm sort of meeting other people and, uh, uh, and yeah, and i'm sort of run, i'm i'm my own boss so I, I it's quite nice to just do things where i'm just in the i'm just part of a, a team of people doing uh, enjoying a, i don't know an activity like i like salsa dancing i do salsa dancing or, or whatever you know or or we we have um we have a homeless charity down here over winter and they they provide um an overnight place to stay for over 3 months in the coldest part of the year and i go and do the breakfast down there or once a week and little things like that those those things can you know they they're quite they give me enjoyment, you know. So, so, so I think that that's the sort of point I'm trying to get across, um, slightly clumsily. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's beautiful.
1: <laughs> well, I, you know, I have to ask you this, and I, because I'm going to ask you, I'll do the same, but uh, I'll reciprocate. But what is your ikigai, Justin, and uh, and how are you pursuing it?
2: I, I think, I was, yeah, um, I think, um, for me, it's it's about. There, there's a quite great quote in the book from another uh, author I'd recommend on Guy called Ken Mogi. And he talks about the spectrum of small things. So when I was younger and I wanted to be a sportsman, you know, I wanted to be the best. I was a snooker player, which is a, it's a bit like your billiards, uh, Paul. And um, I wanted to be the best player in the world at that. But, but that's that, if you have these sort of goals that are so so big and distant... You know, you've got to. You need to enjoy the process of getting there. And I think my my problem was because I was so stressed about you know when you're playing competitive sport, you you know you want to you need to win, etc. And I wasn't enjoying the 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 process of actually doing the thing. I really I enjoyed the when I first started doing that that playing the game. I loved playing the game. And you need to you need to maintain that. Um, But yeah, like I said, it's 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 smaller things. You know, I still I'm still ambitious with work. I love doing. I mean, writing a book like Ikigai Guide* sort of fits in really well because, um, you know, we talk about what you love, what the world needs, what you can be paid for, what you're good at. Well, I'm 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 supposed to be quite good at writing. Uh, I can be paid for it, and I I love learning about new new things. Um, and also I think, you know, it's it's something that I, I genuinely think this this concept could help people. So that for me is a really good example of, of, of work that, that that fits in just to what I could do. Not all my work is like that. I mean, I do copyrights as well, which I also enjoy. But um, so you need a sort of, I, I say it's like a sort of constellation of things. It's not just one. If you have one object, if you're dependent on one thing, it's a bit like, Dependent on you know when you know we, when you're in a relationship, if that goes if that goes wrong or, or you're dependent on you need to have some backup. You need to have other things that are going on in your life to, to help you, especially particularly in adversity. I think. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Um. And we're gonna after I'll, I'll share what I came up with for my Ike guy here. I actually did this, by the way, Justin. I I, I have a, a program that I. Yeah, I I've got a program that I that I conduct. It's called Vitally Inspired Living and Leading from Purpose. And the last time we got together I we we did this exercise that I'm gonna we're gonna queue up here for our listeners. Um, And so I did come up with my Ikigai, and this is what I came up with here in terms of a statement. So this is it for me. Um, My Ikigai that I'm pursuing, Justin, is awakening people to discover their passion and purpose and inspire them to pursue them mightily to make a contribution that betters the world and is worthy of their one precious life.
2: Mm, That's
1: good. Isn't that yummy? That's good. And that,
2: and that's, I, that's right at the center of that Venn diagram, I think. It, it totally is,
1: and I do that through speaking. I do it through the radio show. I do it th- through the programs that I deliver. I do it through my coaching. It's it's a it's an amazing way to get to live. I actually do it all over the place. I do it in the grocery store when I'm talking to people. Nobody is safe, Justin. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And do you think as well, you know, we talked a little bit about these, having these little, you, you know, your friends say about how you have, you, you're sort of enthusiastic about a lot of things. I mean, for me, you know, living down here at, at where I live now, we have beautiful, you know, on the coast, you have beautiful, big skies. And if I'm having a bit of a, a bad day or just honestly, I could just go and walk down to the to the seafront and just look at the sky and see the clouds, the movement of the clouds. I think if you have that attitude of just seeing, you know, seeing this sort of wonder in the world, I think that can help you. Um. about you? Do, do, do you agree? <laughs> I completely agree. That's how I walk through the world.
1: And mm. my daughter, who's 16, has finally gotten to a place where she's just simply accepted that's the way it's going to be. Mom is always <laughs> going to have <laughs> rose-colored glasses. She's always going to see a rainbow everywhere she goes. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's let's serve this up here for our listeners. This is just where we, now we're getting really to the yummy part of, of, of the mm. whole thing. Not that the whole thing, this conversation hasn't already been delightful, but you in your chapter of finding your ikigai you talk about this really great concept called soul storming which i think is just fantastic (laughs) Um, and i as i said i did the exercise so you suggest we make four lists one list is what we love another one is what can we be paid for another one is what we're good at and finally what the world needs and we're looking for as you say cross-pollination between those lists Say more about how this process works to, to distill it down.
2: Well, so soul storming, I was thinking about it. I think, well, you know, it's a bit more than brainstorming, isn't it? It's not mm-hmm. just like, it's not just doing the logical things. There's things that we, we're quite, irra- you know, we're, we're, irration- we're not rational beings totally. There's things that just, you know, really appeal to us on a, on a visceral level and um, so the idea is you know you, you write down your four lists and there's you know there's no wrong answers you can uh, and you can sort of you make your voice and you could you can see where there's intersections across the pollination so you might have something that falls between what the world needs and what what you love so that kind of links into your mission um, or you might have something that, that that's between uh, what you can be paid for and what you're good at so that is something you potentially could be a profession for you um but, you know, like I said, I think it's quite, you'll, you'll find, one, you might find if you're lucky, one or two things that fit all four criteria, and that's kind of, you know, the icky guy by, the, by the, the definition of the diagram. But but I think there's a multiplicity of, the, you know, it's, I, I call it sort of a bank of icky guy. There's all these sort of supportive icky guy knocking about things that make your day-to-day life better. Um, you know, a really, here's a really random one. Um I, since I did the book uh, we're, we're great treat tea drinkers in Britain You know, we, I like my coffee but I'm also a tea drinker And uh, but most people have a tea uh, with a tea bag but since I read about this sort of Japanese tea ceremony, I thought no I'm going to go back to having tea leaves make it in a pot brew it properly takes five minutes and I, I, I do that now especially because I work at home it's quite a good way of just making me stop in the day just stop for a minute and you know uh, reflect a little bit and you know sometimes when you're very busy it just makes you just settle down a little bit and, and, and think about what you're doing um, but yeah so there there are elements of like there's some really profound things like the things you the, the, the one you just talked about that's a really big big thing uh, but there's also there, there is that the other aspect of you know just needing to sit in the park and reflect for 10, you know, 10 minutes every now and then just to you know th- those things are also important to us so I think they also add to your purpose because it gives you that chance to sort of reflect think creatively and sort of reinvigorate yourself for, 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 for other activities. So, yeah. I, I com- completely agree with that. Um, it's sort
1: of, it's, it's something along the lines of meditation as well. Yeah. And, and then the other thing that you and I talked about, which I think is really important for us to share with our listeners, is that, uh, when we when we we all make these lists that they're not fixed that mm. we should go back and and revisit intermittently and see if our goals have changed or our our vision for our lives have changed I think that's such an important point that you mentioned
2: Yeah I think so because we we do change We do, I mean I I, I think um, hope when I was, listening to her, she was she was talking about when she uh, she was in a in a meeting with all these top executives. She was like, how did I get here? <laughs> and sometimes we all think that it's like you know, yeah, my life's gone completely. Although you can have a sense of purpose, you should you can. The, the nice thing about it is that it can lead you towards like-minded people, but then it might lead you in a different direction. So that's no, there's no problem in that. Um, there was a there was a really interesting thing again by this psychiatrist um, Mayako Kamiya, and she, she was talking about. That finding value in life depends less on whether every ambition is realised than whether you purposely take the direction that reflects your true nature. And so, you know, you might make connections with like-minded people, but then your life might go off at a sort of unexpected but sort of delightful tangent. So, I think that, that there's a sort of flexibility. It's not just like you know you pursue a purpose to the you know that you set ten years ago. What if you change? You, you, it's perfectly all right to change your change your route if, if that if that's what you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. As life storms up
1: additional things to you that you need to yeah. a- embrace or address, sometimes those those big whoppers that we encounter in life can help us discover a tremendous sense of purpose or new ikigai to pursue. So a- I completely agree. The ongoing iteration of who we can become is, is mm. beautiful.
2: Yeah,
1: I agree. Well, we're getting close to the end here, Justin, and I know you mentioned that you're you're just finishing up a, a book on <laughs> called Sisu. Yeah, about the concept of Sisu. Say a little, just a little bit about that, and then we'll need to close.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, Sisu, yes, it's a finished concept, and it's it's kind of um, it's to do with uh, particularly useful. It's, it's about finding sort of hidden reserves beyond what you think you you can do, particularly in times of adversity, and um, Finland is particularly associated, it's their concept. But I mean, I think it's within all of us. You know that you probably always had times in your life you think, I could never, if you'd thought about it beforehand, I could never cope with the situation. But somehow you find some mental or physical reserves. But the idea of CC is you actually cultivate that. So you become more resilient. um, You're able to go beyond your perceived limits in times of adversity. And also you sort of develop a sort of problem-solving Agile action mindset, and actually, one of the experts I read on this uh, this subject sort of was taught, was comparing it to Ikigai, and his idea was that well, if Ikigai is about purpose, well, Sisu is taking that purpose and actually acting upon it. So it's all you know, his idea was it actually takes it one step further. So um, yeah, it's an inter- It's an interesting one. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to talk to you about that. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know what yeah. this means, don't you, Justin? Yeah.
1: That means you have to get back on, uh, you know, on Skype with me over a mic and talk yeah. about that book in the future. So yeah. I, I am going to come find you. In fact, I'll, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll schedule that. Yeah. Um, well, so we're, here, we're at the end of, of the program already, Justin. Um, yeah. Is there anything you'd like to leave the listeners with today?
2: Um, I know I, I you ask this question always, so I did have a little think. And there, was a, there was just a quote from the book, which, I, which was from a, a 1969 book um, called Ningen no Ikigai, which means The Meaningful Life. And um, it was written by one of the founders of the Japanese Buddhist, organi- um, a Buddhist organization. And anyway, he, he said that a meaningful life is one lived with a sense of fulfillment. A person who enjoys numerous contacts with others is constantly active and always looks forward to something is mentally and physically vigorous, such vitality, which makes life worthwhile, is not sh- is not shallow pleasure confined to the level of consciousness. it is instead a profound joyful awareness of the innermost reality of life. I thought that was a good good take on what a meaningful life is so yeah that, that would be my <laughs> I borrowed, my borrowed uh, message.
1: <laughs> what a beautiful way to finish. It was very moving. And Justin, I'm so glad I found you. And I so appreciate that you said, yes, I'll come and talk with you. Sure. Thank you for sharing your gifts to the world and with my listeners. It's been a pleasure to talk with you.
2: Yeah, thanks for helping me through it. <laughs> You're so
1: welcome. It's delightful. Uh, listeners, if you want to learn more about Justin Barnes and his many books, his numerous books, visit him at justinbarnesmedia.com. Let me spell that for you because his first name is not spelled the way you might think. Justin, <laughs> right? J-U-S-T-Y-N, yeah. Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S, media.com. We'll see you next week for another nourishing conversation. Until then, remember that work is at least a third of our life, so let's work on purpose. If enjoyed this week's program,
0: be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.